And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. It's just swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well, my advice to you... Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. Yeah, to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? <laughs> I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean glass. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. As always, I am Jim, I am your host. I still can't believe we're on season five of this show. Holy crap. Um, As we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, these are stories, these are feel-good stories um, to kick off the year the right way of 2023. Um, I hope you're all enjoying your 2023 so far already. Today we are Joined by Gold Pine. Gold Pine is consistent of Ben and Cassie Wilson. Um, they are husband and wife. They are traveling the country in their van. Or, yeah, in their van. In their automobile. Living in Nashville as well when they're not on the road. And just killing the Americana scene. Um, this is one of those conversations that... Um, and you know me, uh, super honest here at the show. I honestly, there were points of this conversation that I was like, this can't get over fast enough. Um, there was moments where I was like, oh my God, we don't see eye to eye about anything. It, it, I thought this conversation was going to be really hard to get through. Um, but then we started talking about life things and the whole conversation turned around for me really fast um again super honest i'm probably giving you way too much information here but i feel it's important to give you the like behind the scenes stuff um i really do Uh, nothing but honesty here you know and i'm sure maybe they felt the same way where it was like oh god this guy's a douche and i i probably am but and I'm going to say this, and I mean this in all sincerity. This is why I love this genre. Okay? Because this genre brings us together unlike any other genre that's out there, I think. Um, you know, like I said, Gold Pine is a very Americana-based um, group, uh, band, if you will. Um, you know, so there's... They're a little different than country music. I think the premise is the same. The sound is the same. I think there's just, there's, there's a slight difference in Americana and country. And I'll let you debate on what that is. And I think we, we even talk about it a little bit here in this conversation. But um, like I was saying, this is why I love this genre. Because I thought what was going to be a really tough conversation to have while we were having the conversation turned into a conversation that made me realize how similar we all are. We really are. We're all the freaking same, you know, white, black, gay, straight from the North, from the South, from the East, from the West. It doesn't matter. We're all human beings and that's why i was so honored to put this conversation in the month of january because i thought it was one of those conversations that needed to be here um honestly gold pine was slated to be in the end of 2022 um you know kind of recap in the uh, you know and how we were doing the releases every couple of days there for a while and and all that they were they were slated to be in there and then when we first had the conversation then once we had the conversation i was like shit they need to be in january and i'm so glad they're here um so without further ado i want to give you i'm going to be bold and probably say that this this is going to be one of those conversations i remember for the rest of my life um 
I wouldn't be surprised that if at the end of 2023, at the end of this year, when we're recapping things, this is still one of my favorite conversations I've ever had in my entire life. So to them, thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoy their story because it's a great one. It's very fascinating. It's very cool. Um, so without further ado, our conversation with Goldpine. We want to give a big shout out to our friends over at Off the Rails here in Worcester, Massachusetts at 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. They have the best food, the best music around. You will not go wrong. Go to their website, offtherailsworcester.com. You can see their lineup of shows. You can see their menu. You can see the local talent they have. Absolute fantastic people. We love being a part of the Off the Rails family, and we love having them being part of our family. Thank you so much to Off the Rails. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? We're doing good. Excellent. Thanks for being on the show. Sorry that it's taken so long, but man, it's, okay. it's been a ride. That's for sure. No worries. So tell, like I told you through text, this is all about you. Um, I want you to tell your story. Let us know who you are, what you're doing, where you've, you know, kind of come from, how this has all started and, you know, we'll, we'll go along the way. Okay. Yeah. So the name of our duo is Gold Pine, and it's me and my husband, Ben, who is here. Hey, hey. Hey, Ben. And um, we're full-time musicians. We have been for 10 years, and we tour around the U.S. and, um, and Africa. And we tour in our converted van that, that Ben made into a tiny home, and it is amazing. And we park at your local Love's, Walmart's, and Cracker Barrel's. That's where we sleep, and uh, it's a fun life, and um, I'm so glad that we get to do what we do for a living, you know, and we do it together. We've been married 13 years, and um, we have a brand new uh, album out and an actual record, too, this time, and it's called One, and um, we're really excited about that. So, all right, hold, hold on. I'm going to stop you because that's, that's interesting as all hell. So you guys... Do you live out of your van full time? Not full time. So oh, okay. only when we're on the road. So we just got home from the road yesterday. So we were out for 47 days. Damn. <laughs> yeah. We put some miles on there. Yeah. Where do, so in those 47 days, what did, what did you do? Where did you go? So our first show, let's see, we were, we played the Opelika songwriter festival and we got to open for, Ricky Lee Jones and the Indigo Girls, which was awesome. And it was like a three-day festival and we played that. And then we just, from there, we went, where did we go? Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> we went through Georgia, uh, all through the Carolinas, up to the East Coast. Um, furthest we went out was New York City, then came back to the Midwest and did Detroit, Chicago, and then ended on, in Iowa for Thanksgiving with my family. Yeah, we've been everywhere. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. So at this point, have you been pretty much everywhere in the U.S.? No. Okay. Uh, the furthest west we've gone is uh, Arizona and then Montana and Colorado. We really haven't been west of there touring yet. Yes. So we got to plan very far ahead to go that far away because it just stuff takes forever, you know? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Now, how, how far up this way have you gone, like in the Northeast? Uh, uh, we've been to Boston. Uh, that's the farthest Northeast we've gone. Okay. Yeah. Where in Boston did you guys play? Because that's, that's home for us. So. so last time we played at Toad, Cambridge. Oh, wow. That's not, I don't even think that's there anymore. Oh, oh, we loved that place. Yeah, yeah. I think they Man. just closed like last this this year, earlier this year. That's too bad. Yeah, that was a really awesome gig, honestly. But we've been talking with um, the Burin at the back room. Uh, that we had that gig booked, and then it got COVID canceled. So we're gonna probably try to reschedule that one, or maybe at Club Passim also. Yeah. Yeah, Passim's a good one. Uh, very small, very intimate. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, really, so we call our music Americana, which is, you know, like country, country soul, singer, songwriter, folk all in one, but really we're storytellers and we just love playing those intimate, small listening rooms and getting to do, those are some of the best shows. And, and we really, we can't wait to be able to play club. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a great little place. I've been there. Oh God. I think only once, um, I saw a uh, singer, songwriter, you know, what have you. Oh, God, a bunch of years ago. Um, the only gripe I have, the only gripe I had about um, Pessim was the food options. That's the <laughs> only gripe I had. Other than that, sounded great. Um, and, you know, it was one of those kind of like shows where it's like they made you, you know, you had to get something, you know. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know. I had, well, maybe I had since... McDonald's on the way home that night. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe since it's been a while since you've been there, when you go back, maybe they've upped their menu. Maybe. I know when I, the last time I was there, it was an all vegan menu. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, if you could see me in person right now, you would know uh, <laughs> veganism is not a, a hobby of mine. Um, but yeah, so it was tough. It was tough to, you know, do the, whatever you know i think i i think i had bread or something when i was there but anyway anyway we're, we're digressing hmm. um now how what made you decide you know what this is what we're gonna do were we were either of you playing music on your own before you got married or was this something that kind of like came came about well, we actually both were doing our own thing when we met. I was doing like country soul and Ben was doing, well, at that time he was in, he had, he had moved to Nashville to go to audio engineering school. And so when we met, um, he started playing guitar for me and singing like background vocals and stuff. And then he actually started producing my albums and uh, was my producer. So that's kind of how it all started. And we actually didn't become a duo until like seven years ago. And people were really shocked um, because they already thought we were a duo. But it's kind of, I guess, we've always been playing together in some way for 16 years. Wow, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, now, are either of you from Nashville originally? No. No. Cassie's from Alabama. And I grew up in Iowa. Yeah. So, so we've been here in Nashville. Well, Cassie's been here longer, but I've been here about 16 years now. Now, what did that, um, you know, uprooting look like for both of you? You know, because you really come from two very different places <laughs> to, you know, meet in the same place. That's That's pretty cool. Well, for me, I moved to Nashville when I was 19 from Alabama and, um, I had been, I had been coming back and forth to Nashville. My dad had been bringing me and I was kind of just working in some studios and recording some songs and doing demo work for people. And I really had a desire to, to move to Nashville and live here. And then my dad ended up passing away when I was 19. And so I decided I was just going to move. And so I moved to Nashville all by myself. I um, packed up my Mustang and and found a little tiny shack to rent, and I moved here. And it was the greatest one of the greatest decisions I've ever made. That's awesome. That's incredible. You know, sometimes you just gotta do it, right? You just gotta, you know, if you've got a dream or a thought, you just have to chase it. Yeah, and doing it at such a young age, I was fearless. Like right. now. I'm afraid of everything, <laughs> but at then I, then I wasn't, I mean, I lived by myself. It, I just, I just wanted to do music and I wasn't afraid. And so I'm glad I did it. What about yeah. you, Ben? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I moved to Nashville to go to audio engineer engineering school, as she mentioned. Uh, but it was, you know, I grew up in a totally different culture, uh, Midwest, and moving to the South was quite an adjustment for me. Just there's a change of mindset. There's a change in the way people talk. There's a change in priorities. There's, there's speed. Just, we, we're slow. Speed, yeah. Uh, but I learned to love 
the southern style of music. It really has kind of a liveliness and a soul and a push and pull to it that I just really love. And um, yeah, you know, I was writing music and playing before I moved to Nashville. And then when I moved here, I was like, there's so many people that play guitar, so many good musicians and artists and songwriters that I stopped playing for years after I came here. And it was just like, what's the point? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And uh, I soon, or, you know, after that, I, I picked it back up and slowly uh, realized that all that stuff can really just sharpen your skills being around so many good singers songwriters whatever uh you can really just allow it to make you a better better than you were mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean i guess you know i hear it all the time where you know you, is was it like an intimidation factor for you where you see all these people and you go oh damn i'm i'm not that good or you know that song's way better than anything i've written is that why you kind of make that adjustment yeah 100 percent. yeah uh there was just you know like they say everybody that your servers are better songwriters than you uh, you know the people at the coffee shops are are artists it's just nashville is just a very unique place and Having never had been here before, I was very intimidated by all of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, you know, they they say what? What do they say? It's a ten year city where, um, you know, if in ten years you don't make it, you probably won't. It, well, yeah. Well, I don't like that because I've been here twenty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're yeah, gonna I have mean, to redo that saying. I mean, I would say you've made it. I mean, you're on yes. you're on this show, so. Hey. <laughs> And you know what? Um, we have made it. And I'm, right. I'm glad that you said that because I, you know, I was joking, but then there's truly we have, you know, we're doing what we love for a living and we're sustaining ourselves. Right. And we're getting to see the world and share our music and share our songs and connect with people on levels that we've always wanted to, you know, and our music, our music just really is like, it's like reading our diary. If you go to our show, we're very honest with our lyrics. We write about things that have happened to us or a family member or a friend. And I'm just glad that we can, that we can just reach people with our, with our gifts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I always say like, if you can do music for a living, like you said, and sustain yourself, you know, right there, you've made it. Okay. Because there's, yeah. there's so many people that, you know, try to balance both where they try to put everything in their music and then have a nine to five or whatever. And then, you know, something, something gives, something slips. Mm -hmm. That would be crazy. I couldn't imagine trying to do both because it's so consuming, <laughs> especially when you do it, we do everything ourselves for the most part. And, you know, when you are your team, I could not imagine having a nine to five because honestly, ours is way longer than a nine to five. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's so much, you know, I think people see music and musicians as, you know, oh, well, you sit around all day and wait till <laughs> wait till you hit the stage at eight o'clock at night, you know, or nine o'clock or, or whatever it is. And it's not even close mm. to the to the reality. Yeah, especially these days when so many artists are independent um, and you really have to do all of these, put on all these different hats yourself. Yeah, uh, it's it's a little bit different industry than it was for the rock and roll legends. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You 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 pretty much have to put in your, you know, the business aspect of it. You know, during the day, and then actually, you know, perform your craft at at night, and act. You know, that's when you make your money. Hey everyone, I just wanted to remind you about our friends over at the Afterglow Boutique, um, over there at Four Evergreen Lane in Hopedale spot she has moved out of blackstone moved into hopedale all of her stuff is still online don't forget if you're gonna go shop online put in promo code boots that's b-o-o-t-s at checkout for 20 percent at the afterglowboutique.com cheers yeah yeah you know so in a way you almost do a lot 
I don't want to say you do it for free, you know, but, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, really, you know, the time you put into it, you don't necessarily always make that, that money back, you know? Yeah. It's just an investment, you know, that you're, you're investing in yourself. And if you don't, who would, you know, if you don't, why would somebody else? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So what made you guys decide to do the van thing? Uh, throughout the years of us touring, we had seen some different, uh, artist friends of ours with bands that they were living in and touring in. And, you know, they might not have all been the best living situations in there, but I thought, man, how much more efficient could we make our touring if we were basically driving our house? Yeah. Because we were... Before that, we were driving in our Jetta, small car, everything's packed, the back seat is packed with stuff, the trunk is packed, and we're finding, you know, late at night, cheap Airbnbs and cheap hotels, and it's just the stress level of trying to figure that out every night is really high. Yeah. And so... We, this is actually the second van that we've had. The first one was uh, kind of a, a more primitive version. But we did tour in that van for, I don't know, a couple years. And it just made everything so much more efficient. Yeah. Uh, we cook in our van. Most of our meals are cooked in the van. Uh, you know, we got a queen bed in there. We got running water, fridge. I mean, it basically is a very tiny home. And it really does feel like we're bringing our home wherever we are, uh, which is a big deal. You know, if you're just if when we were just in the car, uh, it just felt like, you know, our home was all the way over in Nashville. Right. It's wherever we go now. It also allows you to, to really just be all in because, you know, we just were on the road for 47 days. Yeah. And if we had to have a hotel and like, figure out hotels and, and scheduling all kinds of stuff like that, that I don't know that I could have done that for 47 days. Like that would have been a nightmare. Right. Um, but being able to have the van, it just makes it, you can really go all in. And honestly, you know, with your music, you need to be out there playing all the time. Like, you, you know, you need to be out there. Um, and so I was a bit resistant to the van at first, but honestly, it's one of the greatest ideas been and he built everything himself like he is ridiculous like he should have his own tv show like he even made custom cabinets like if you see this thing i feel like people think they're like oh they have a van they probably have a queen size or like a a twin size mattress on the floor of like some janky van (laughs) and then people see it and they're like holy crap that's nicer than my home like he did such a good job. It is so cute. I'm gonna have to send you some video of it. Yeah, that's got a video on our Instagram. Oh yeah, it's on our Instagram. Yeah. Oh right, yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out because that's that you know that's cool because you know you see it on social media all the time when people do this and then you know they'll drive around and just live in their their vehicle and it's like you know one I think that takes a lot of discipline on on your part because you know regardless of anything you're still traveling right. Um, so I think, it, I think it's great. I think it's a really cool way to do it all and have it all done. Oh yeah. Yeah. And check out the video on, on our Instagram. It's at gold pine music. I think Cassie did a kind of a short video of just the interior of the van. Uh, it's pretty cool, but you know what she said, what I totally agree. She said that it allows us to be out on the road all the time to go all in and there's probably, you know, other artists listening to, the, to this podcast. And to go all in is probably the biggest deal. You know, I can't imagine trying to, like we talked about earlier, work a uh, part or full-time job and then doing music. And how much that takes away from your artistry and your music. I understand people got to pay their bills uh, but at least making that transition slowly over, you know, three or four years from working a full-time job to now working less hours and doing more music. And then the next year, less hours and more music and finally getting to music. Um, 
making that progression is honestly the biggest deal because I feel like people can get so stuck in what they're doing and in just kind of half-assing it, you know. So, yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, no, it, it really is. It definitely is. Now, when you guys are writing your songs, right, you say you put everything out there. Um, has that ever caused any sort of, you know, now I'm getting deep and personal here, but has it ever caused, you know, any tension at home? You know, have you, has it been the, you know, Stevie and Lindsay kind of, kind of thing at any point? You talking about like, cause we write songs that are just like so close to the heart yeah. and that type of thing. Yep. Um, I mean, we write a lot of the songs together. I don't know if really it's caused any tension between us, but I will say, that we have written songs in our writing songs that delve into some topics like with our marriage that uh, is kind of, they're they're exposing, you know? Sure. Like we're dealing with things as humans and and sometimes the struggle of marriage that we want to write about. um, And it feels like we're just like peeling back layers as we, continue to delve into that song so i think uh along those lines that's that's where we have been and will be more yeah yeah no that's that's great you know do you find it like a ther like a therapeutic kind of thing between the two of you when you can kind of have those you know that you know because really it's a it's a bigger intimacy i would i would argue you know that a lot of people don't have because of most of us, I don't think, have the talent to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say that question one more time. Um, I was, I'm more wondering if, if the songwriting between the two of you is, is, you know, a little more intimate. You know, does it cause a little more intimacy between the two of you because of, you oh, know, sure. the, di- the dynamic and, you know, does it help? I don't, you know, I'm, does it help you as like a couple to be able to do these things together? I think it does help because like you referenced or mentioned, you know, a lot of the songwriting feels like the songwriting uh, process sometimes feels like counseling sessions. You're revealing so many things, you're delving deep into motives and why you do things and hurts. And it's, to do that, to be able to do that together with uh, with Cassie might not be, you know, a regular thing that other married couples do regularly. Maybe they do it every so often, uh, but for us, I think it's just more often delving into deep issues. So yeah, I think it really does kind of knit us together uh, in a very unique way. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and I think, I think it. I'm sure it helps. You know, I'm really, really sure it helps. You know, because I think anybody that's a married couple listening to this, you know, there's, there's struggles right along the way, no matter, no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, uh, to be able to have that, you know, I think it's, it's very important to have that sort of release and conversation and you guys get to just do it in a very unique way. I think it's awesome. Yeah. And, it's, and this is kind of the only thing we've known as a married couple, you know, mm-hmm. we don't know what it's like to, each work our separate eight hour jobs and then come, you know, be at home in the evenings together. Like we don't know what that feels like or what kind of conversations would happen or not happen or what kind of feelings we would have in those situations. Like most of America does. And so, yeah, it's just an interesting place to come from. And and there might be other couples out there listening that uh, work together and kind of relate to us more but I definitely feel like we are a minority. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there's like, I keep saying, you know, there's of, you know, husband and wife duos like that, that can, you know, say that they've done it and done it well. And you guys do, you guys do it really well. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Now. So I'm really caught up on this whole travel thing because I've never, I've actually never talked to anybody that has done it the way you do it. Um, I find it very, very fascinating. Now, do you, do you block off times where like, you know, you just said you were out on the the road for 40 plus days. Now, do you come home 
you know, like this time of year and will you stay off the road now through the holidays and into the first of the year or, you know, how do you, how do you play that? How do you manage that? For, let's see, we're here most of December. We have like one show that we're flying out for in Wisconsin, but we're here most of December and just a little bit of January. But honestly, it's not like we slow down whatsoever. We have, I mean, it's like almost, it's like playing catch up because you've been gone from home so long. Sure. I mean, not only are we trying to like take care of our house and do all the things that we need to do here, but we're also, this is the only time we're in town. So we're playing like, we're doing some Christmas shows. We're playing at the listening room. Like we have um, just different PR things that have been set up. So I feel like we don't have an off day whatsoever while we're here, but that's okay. It's, it's, it's good to be home. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, well, that's, that's great. Now, do you, when you book your tours, are you doing that yourself or do you have a, a booking agent that does them? Well, I'm happy to say that we just signed with a booking agency here in Nashville, CMC Artists, Cumberland Music Collective, and very excited to be working with them. <laughs> They've just started the process. We signed with them probably a couple weeks ago, uh, actually more than a couple, a couple months, maybe a month ago. A month ago, yeah. Uh, very exciting for us because I have been doing all of our booking for many years uh, and I'll still be doing some booking. Yeah, it's honestly just a lot of work. Uh, I honestly hated doing booking for years. And then it kind of got a little easier and a little easier. But it was just, it was like doing the thing that is opposite of your personality. Like that kind of hate relationship, <laughs> but knowing you have to do it. Yeah. So I did it. And I guess I just learned to kind of, you know, manage with it. He's really good at it. So, yeah, a lot of emails go out, a lot of organization, a lot of Excel spreadsheets, a lot of maps and mapping things out. But I will say on the road, I generally try to book us four days a week and then have three days off. Um, usually we'll take a full day and not do any work, which is nice. And then the other couple days that we don't play, either we'll be – uh, working on like promoting, emailing, booking, or uh, songwriting. That's awesome. That's that. I, it sounds like you guys have it very well balanced and very, you know, very well oiled at this point. I mean, you've been doing it long enough, right? That you know, it's it's nice to hear how well you have this all figured out. Well, it's also. <sighs> it's awesome having a team, like as far as two of us, right. You know, I could not do this without Ben. <laughs> ben keeps me focused. He keeps me on a schedule <laughs> and he's just so organized and he has really just, um, he's really just guided the whole thing. Yeah. Sorry. I think he might've saw a bug or something. He jumped up. <laughs> <laughs> And see, I'm getting, I'm getting distracted. Get down here. Get me focused. But being able to have two of us makes it just so much sweeter. Yeah. Does it make it easier too? I mean, it's got to make it a little easier. Just, you know, having to only deal with, you know, one other person rather than, you know, an army. Oh, yeah. Instead of a band. Yeah. 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 I can't imagine if we were traveling with uh, many people. Oh, God. I did not. I love the sound of a band, but dealing with all the different personalities and cutting paychecks all over the yeah. night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tough one. Now, has there ever been thought or talk of bringing in a full band? Um, no. In the past, we have played with a full band before, but the kind of stuff that we do, even though our recordings feel full band mostly we try to make our recordings to where when you see us live you still feel like you're not missing anything okay you know i do like a suitcase kick drum cassie does harmonica and tambourine i play electric and acoustic guitar uh so you know it's more than just an acoustic show but a big part of our live show is what happens between songs right and so 
we tell a lot of stories. We bring a lot of background information in and just kind of hang out with the audience, if you will. Mm -hmm. the, the show, you know, anybody can go and listen to our music on Spotify, but to see our live show uh, is a whole different animal because you really feel like you're invested and you're really a part of something at the show and really learning things and, and a, it's a real experience. So, yeah. 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 No, I love that. I think that's, I think that's really, really awesome. Now with the music you've been putting out or the music you've just put out, um, what is the process now for you going forward with new music? Um, you know, do you have a bunch of stuff ready to go? Is it stuff, is there stuff out there that you're, you know, planning to put out, you know, with a purpose? You know, what's it look like for you guys in the next year or so? Yeah, that's a timely question because as we, so on the road, obviously we're trying to songwrite as much as possible, trying to keep the momentum up for a new record, which we are writing for and probably have halfway uh, written. So like when we're here in December, a main goal of ours is to record as much as we can while we're here for a new record. You know, uh, if you ever put a record out, you pretty much have to have everything recorded and then you won't be able to come out with that record until like six months later, just right. because of also, don't forget our friends over at hogwashandrhinestones.com. Our good friend Ray is the owner over there. She makes incredible clothing that you've seen all over the place from Nashville to Boston to everywhere in between. Some really big names have worn her stuff. That's hogwash, the letter N, rhinestones.com. Check them out. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. You won't be disappointed. Check them out. Hogwashandrhinestones.com all the preparation work you have to do or maybe more than six months. And so um, if we are working on it ahead of time, then we won't be late in the game. I think I forgot the other parts of the question that you asked. <laughs> no, no, I just more looking at, at timetable, you know, are you going to, you know, a lot of bands and artists now do singles, you know, every six or eight weeks. You know, is that something you're doing or are you going to not do that until the next album's ready to go and put out and put everything out at once? I think our mindset right now is just that we're going to do another album. We have, as in the past, put out, you know, just singles. And I don't know. Off the top of my head, the thing I don't like about that is that at our live show, someone can't buy that product. Yeah. Now, it's not that a lot of people are, have CDs or buy CDs anymore, but maybe like on vinyls and stuff like that, uh, if we've just put out singles, there's no way that those singles are going to be available as a vinyl at our show. Okay. So I don't know. This I, I like the album idea. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm with you. I'd, I'd prefer everything all at once myself. Like maybe a single you know, a couple of weeks, you know, eight weeks or so before the actual album comes out. But, you know, for, yeah. the, for the most part, I really would rather everything at once than, you know, you hear a song and you're like, oh, I can't wait for the next one. You know, and again, yeah. that's that's part of the, you know, part of the plan there for, for a lot of play people. For but, sure. um, um, you know, nowadays it seems like everybody puts out a single and then puts out an EP and all those singles are on the EP. So you're not getting anything new anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which is, you know, for somebody like me, in, infuriating because it's like, I want it all. I want it all. Uh huh. You know, and if you're going to put out a collection, put out something new. Yeah. And, you know, we have artists that we love that have taken a break from albums and put out, you know, singles throughout the year uh, that don't go on an album. And I don't know, it feels kind of disjointed to me. Like, I, I like some of those singles, but I don't feel like they would be, they don't feel like they have a place for me. So the album, I think, is a, for me, is a big deal. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100% on all that. <clears throat> so now that you're doing all this and you've got, you know, you have your new music that has just come out, you have, you know, plans for the next album, you know, what 
show wise, like what do you what do you want to do next? How do you go from where you are now to the next step? Or for you, is there a next step? Or are you comfortable doing exactly what you're doing? I mean, we would definitely uh, want to. We definitely want to continue to book kind of small to mid-sized listening rooms throughout the U.S. And we've also, uh, you know, with our booking agency, um, we're going to be doing quite a few festivals this coming year. So festivals and ticketed listening rooms, kind of smaller, mid-sized, I think is really kind of our goal for this coming year. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, do you you prefer that listening room style rather than, you know, uh, I don't want to say like a smoky bar, but, you know, a, a place where people will come, you know, maybe not necessarily to listen to the stories, but to just hear music. You prefer some you, you prefer your audience to actually pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, we definitely for sure would rather that. Um, those are the kind of places that we're booking and playing. You know, our music, we don't we don't ever want to be background music. And I, I don't think that anybody does. But right. I also, I, like I have big artists that I love. And then you go to their shows and you love them and you're standing there listening and everybody around you is talking oh, and, yeah. and drinking and yelling. And I'm like, we paid like so much money to come here. Like you're not even listening. Yeah. And so there's just, there's such a beauty in the listening room places that we play that you can hear a pin drop, you know, and people are, they're on a journey with you. Like people are laughing, people are crying, people are connecting with you. And after the show, they're coming up and, and they're like saying lyrics back to you or saying how that song touched them. I mean, you know, we have off this new album, we have, um, a song that Ben wrote about one of our neighbors um, who served in the Vietnam War. And it, every time Ben plays that song, people come up and talk to him about that their dad was affected by Agent Orange or their dad suffers from Alzheimer's also and because of that. And it's just, music is powerful and I don't want to play when people can't hear. And so, you know, because if you, they can't hear it, then they can't, you, they, you, they can't connect with you. Yeah. And so I'll any day choose, I don't know, a um, hundred people that are listening to 50,000 that could care less. Right. No, I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent. It's, you know, you every, every now and again, you see those t-shirts online or whatever that pop up and you, you know, where it says like, Oh, I'm sorry. Is the band interrupting your conversation? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I hate going to shows and you know, you get those obnoxious people that are just, yelling to yell and it's like will you shut up like please yeah yeah buddy yeah oh man i love that i love that because you know there's there is a you know i think there's a level of creativity and a level of artistry that goes into you know especially what you guys do that you know it's very important for the audience to just hear it you know it's like you know just shut up and listen and i think it's i think it's very important yeah and uh, you know house concerts have also been a kind of a a, a rising uh, venue for people to uh, you know do their artistry into and you know you may get anywhere from 20 to 60 people in a house or a venue that uh, hosted by a house concert and those are some of the best shows that we've mm -hmm. done, too, because people are there to watch, there to listen, there to be a part of something, there to have an experience. And, you know, especially you take a break in the middle and you can just really connect with that audience and they can you can get to know them and they can get to know you. Uh, those experiences and those types of atmospheres are what we're looking for. Yeah. And like when you connect with them, with somebody even if you know it's their first time hearing you you know you've made a you've made a fan for life at that point yeah that connection 
is a huge deal. Honestly, someone cannot really like your music that much and connect with you. Yeah. And they will they could be yeah, attached with you forever. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Yeah, there's. There, I can't tell you how many artists I've seen in my lifetime where it was you know oh, I can't I can't who you were or who you are, you know heard heard one out of the you know twelve songs you played only really liked one and then you know learn I don't want to say learn to like the the other ones but mm-hmm. you know once you get that one you go back and you listen to the other ones and you're like damn this one's even better than the one I really liked sure yeah. <laughs> now so what do you guys you know in while you're on the road and and doing your thing do you do you do anything fun like on your off days i mean you're going all over the place do you know to see incredible things no we don't let ourselves get out of the van and (laughs) no so we get to see a lot of the you know new places that we've never seen before so on our off day my favorite thing to do is I hit up all the thrift shops and that's where I get all my clothes. So I purposely only bring a a limited amount of clothes on tour so I can buy new clothes in all the different cities. And then um, we have an unlimited regal movie pass. And that's what we love to do. We love to go see movies. And so on our off days, sometimes we'll even see two movies in one day. (laughs) And that's what we do for fun. We just love seeing new movies and just like just disconnecting and not thinking about work, which is really hard. It's hard to not think about it. Like every time your phone rings, it's like, ding, is that an email? Do we get a new booking? You know? And so, but we do, we do actually have fun sometimes. Ah, just kidding. (laughs) That's awesome. You know, but you know, even for what you guys are doing, you know, seeing other art is just as important for your own. Yeah. You know, cause you could see a movie you're, watch something on you know on tv or you know one of the streaming platforms and hear a line or see you know see a moment and be like oh this would be a hell of a song yeah Yeah. that does happen now how for your for your music is it all autobiographical not all of it in fact i'm trying to think like some of this new stuff that we're writing is kind of stories, uh, yeah, stories that, I hate to say made up, stories that don't involve us. Okay. So, yeah, we do have some uh, non-autobiographical stuff. But, honestly, a lot of, there is a big portion of what we've written that is about us, uh, well, and about our family members. Uh, we've written a lot about family. Um, yeah. Now, do you have a do you have a preference? You know, you said you're you're working on things that haven't happened to you, or you know, or that are you know made up more or less. Now, do you pref- is that more of a challenge for you? And do you do you like it better because it's a challenge or not a challenge or you know, where do you stand on your preference? Um, I would say for me, it's kind of challenging. I, I do most of my writing as therapy. So like when I go through something, it's really how I kind of get through it. So like, you know, like we have a song called, Oh Lord, I need some mercy. And it's about my brother who was a past addict for 16 years. And then we have a song called my favorite parts of you which is about my mom and my mom passed away last year. And, you know, there's just, it's for me, that is how I get through things as writing about it and putting it down on paper and then putting it out in the world. So sometimes I think it can be harder to write about stuff that I haven't personally experienced, but it's fun too. It's like a challenge and it's kind of fun. I think it also could be fun because it doesn't, Sometimes when you're writing something that's so near to you, you want to make sure everything is ex- like exactly perfect and factual and you want to represent the situation exactly like it happened. But I think it can be more freeing kind of writing about this new stuff that we can kind of just make it up. Yeah. No, but is no it hard? Pressure. 
Right, right. Is it hard though? Like when you when you write a song that's so personal and then have to play it every night or or whatever, does it keep opening the wound or has enough time passed for those things that you just, you know, you don't. I don't want to say you don't have that emotional connection to it. No, I'm glad that you asked that. That's a really good question. So, you know, we recently were in Colorado and we went to a thing called song school and we were there for a week and we met, um, what was his name? Yeah. Ron Browning. And he is a vocal coach for, um, Allison Krauss, Winona Judd. I mean, everybody, he is the man and he is the sweetest, kindest, person ever and we went to one of his classes on performance and I was telling him I'd never told anybody this but I told him in the class I feel or excuse me I felt guilty when I would sing the song about my mom and if I wouldn't if I didn't have like an emotional um, experience or if I didn't feel sad I, I felt guilty inside but I never told anybody that and so it was kind of like haunting a little bit and I was like, oh, you should, you should be feeling bad. Like your mom passed away. Like, how can you not feel bad while you're singing this? But what he taught me, and it was so freeing. Um, it, was the, it was the most important thing I learned that week at song school is that when, when you're on stage and you're singing a song that's so personal to you, it's your job to deliver the song and to let the audience experience whatever emotion that they want to experience. And I don't have to feel guilty about that because I've already gone through my emotions. I've already expressed it and felt it when I was writing it. That was when that's the time for me to be emotional. Right. And, and honestly, just having that mindset was so freeing because now I can sing that song every night and just let the audience, because the audience doesn't want to see me cry in the middle of a song or maybe, maybe sometimes it's okay, but do you know what I'm saying? They don't like, it, it could maybe make them uncomfortable, but if I'm just delivering the song and letting them experience it theirself, there's such power in that. And that's where the power is. And so that's how I do it. Of course, we can't forget our friends at the Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company out of Canada. That's drsupplyco.com. They have great stuff. All of the hats I pretty much wear, all the camo hats you see me wear either on TikTok or in pictures or whatnot all come from the dirt road scholar supply company a big thank you to those guys out there drsupplycode.com check them out canadian company great stuff check them out yeah no that's that's incredible you know i think that's i think that's absolutely right you know it's got to be you've got to almost let it go i don't want to say i hope you know what i'm trying to say yeah uh, you know not no. let it go but you know let exactly what he said you know let whoever's listening to it have their own experience with it because mm-hmm. you've already had that yeah 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 because yeah. i mean I, I could see you know i <laughs> me being me you know i could see myself writing something super personal and then beating myself <laughs> beat myself up over it every night you know yeah it's, it's it's crazy how you just have to you have to let it go and it's something the thing that's so beautiful about that so the song my favorite parts of you about my mom you know it is so special to me and like being able to have that song and to go through and know our relationship that I've had with her and to be able to share that with people and let them have their own experience with it it's been it's been so amazing because literally every night someone will come up to me and be like you know, that song meant so much to me. I can, I lost my mom this year or I lost my mom 30 years ago. And that's exactly how I feel. Or sometimes people will come up to me and say, I never had that relationship with my mom and we don't get along. And this makes me want to reach out to her. And so if I wasn't so vulnerable and if I was up there having my own thing, then it would take away from them being able to have theirs. And so that I'm just so glad. Thank you, Ron. Yeah. I'm learning that. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, because I know, you know, I, you know, doing this, you know, I, I've heard a lot of songs. I've listened to a lot of people and, you know, every now and again, you stumble across a song that, you know, for me, like, like people have come up to you and said, you know, oh, it makes me think of such and such. You know, I've heard songs that make me think of things in my life. And like, I share it with 
you know, that person or whatever. And it's like, I share it. I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) Now I feel bad because now they're probably thinking, you know, something that isn't necessarily true. But, you know, there's a um, perfect example. There's a Cody Johnson song out there about, um, you know, more or less the the gist of the song is um, it's from an elderly man's point of view. And, you know, he's dying and his family is just kind of like all set with him, you know. And, um, you know, it kind of really made me reminisce about my grandfather when when he was on his way out and it's like you know not so much that you're ready for the person to go but you know when you're when you're the caretaker for somebody Mm -hmm. like that you know it's very it's exhausting yeah you know and you know I shared it with my dad and he's never really kind of like acknowledged the fact that I sent it to him because you know because it's 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 very very powerful and it's very you know reminiscent and it's, it's 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 pretty crazy and I know when my father listens to this because he listens to all these episodes, he's gonna text me and be like, "Well, what, the, what the fuck? What are you, what are you talking about?" <laughs> but, but it's true, you know. I, I love being able to share music with with others, and I love that you're able to do that with yours. Yeah, and you know, it, like you said, with that, I haven't heard that Cody song, but it's like there's so much power too in knowing that someone else went through that same similar, 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 similar situation to the fact that they would write a song about it and then put that out there. And then other people can know like the way I'm feeling and thinking is not wrong. I'm doing something good here being a caretaker, but it's so exhausting. You know, I I took, I helped take care of my mom and not on any level that most people have to, but it is exhausting because you put them above you at all cost. And, you know, the feelings and the thoughts that people have are not wrong and you shouldn't feel guilty about it. You know, for anybody that's listening, you know, you're doing, you're doing good, but you're also entitled to having feelings and emotions of what you're going through. So I'm going to have to look that song up. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send it to you because it's, it's awesome. Um, you know, cause you're right. You know, you see things and you go through things and, you know, um, I'm not going to lie to you. This is probably the most personal I've ever gotten in a, <laughs> in a podcast episode ever. That's what happens, um, see, that's so, what we do to people. So thanks guys. <laughs> but you know, it, you know, I, I saw, I watched my father my and my mom, you know, they both struggled hard taking care of my grandfather, you know, and it was, you it was, you know, I hate to say it this way, but it was a relief, I'm sure, for my mm-hmm. for my parents once he went because it was like, you know, and but also like, okay, well, what do we do now because we've been oh, taking yeah. care of this person for so long, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and kind of like, you know, this year my my mother in law, you know, battled breast cancer and you know came out, you know, thank God came out the other side, you know, and cancer free now, but awesome, um, you know, she lives with my wife and I and our kids and you know my wife is one of three kids and because she's with us you know my wife had to do all kinds of things that you know I'm sure she never in a million years would have thought she would have ever had to do at you know 36 you know and um it's just it's incredible it's incredible what we go through as humans for the people we love and how much how much music out there there is that that go go about that you know yeah Yeah. and you know it's it's hard times but it's also just times that you treasure treasure you know like all all the hard times that you go through but you do it all over again because it's your family and you love them you know Hmm. yeah absolutely wow well this has gotten real deep and i i'm gonna call my therapist and tell her i'm canceling this week yeah, because you can just send us that check. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Um, so you know, I I could really talk about this all day, but I try. I like to try to keep this within a time frame so that you know people don't start to wander. Um, but I can't thank you enough for for this whole conversation. It's really been you know probably out of the hundred plus episodes we've done, this has been the most. Um, and nothing against anybody else, but the most uh, meaningful to me. I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you for having us. And I'm so glad we could could be on here. And I'm glad that it got deep, you know? Yeah, um, I am too. Because it, it doesn't ever really, you know, a lot of it's like, you know, 
BS and back and forth and, you know, mm-hmm. a, a good time. And this was a great time, um, you know, but I appreciate you allowing me to, you know, also share my story. I don't get to very often. So thank you. I'm glad that you felt comfortable enough to do it. And yeah. so now not only did we hear it, but all your listeners. Yeah, I guess. That, yeah. All my, <laughs> my, my bad boy persona that it's not and now good to begin with. <laughs> they the have a whole new outlook on you and then they have, they're going to be so much more connected with you. You know? I might as well. Maybe I'll write a song. You should. I, no, there's, I won't. There's I won't. beauty in being vulnerable. It won't be any good, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so, my, um, you know, I told you I have no questions, but I do have two. Um, because we are the Boots and Whiskey podcast, do you have a boot brand of choice and do you have a whiskey of choice? My boot brand of choice is Doc Martens. Nice. <laughs> Does that count? Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, I love them. I wear them all the time. Um, the soft leather, they're super comfortable. I'm showing my age, but they're so comfortable. I just ordered another white pair, uh, on the black Friday. So they should be here soon. And I don't drink whiskey. I like wine. Okay. That's all right too. Wine's not bad. Pinot Noir. Nice. Ben, boots. Well, (laughs) I have to concur with Cassie's boots decision. <laughs> and I actually don't drink whiskey either. What? You guys. I know. You guys. If he had known this, he may not have interviewed us. That's true. Good no. thing that was your last question. Right. No kidding. No, it, you know, it's funny because I've, I've gotten a lot of um, non-whiskey drinkers over, over the course of this um, this show. And it, it's very strange because they're like, I don't like whiskey, but I like, you know, Miller Lite or tequila or vodka, you know, whatever. And it's, it's like, uh, you know, because I didn't like whiskey for a very long time. Um, it's really only been in the year, last year, year and a half that I've even liked it, you know, because if this show would have come out before the whiskey taste, this probably would have been like, um, you know, boots and Miller Lite kind of, <laughs> kind of podcast. Well, what's your favorite kind of whiskey and what's your favorite kind of boots? Oh my God. My boots are Ariat's. Um, because it's the only pair I own and, um, my whiskey of, I like a good Tennessee whiskey. Um, Nelson's green briar has been one of my favorites. Okay. Um, I'm also a, uh, uh, Tennessee squire. So I have a, um, a taste for Jack Daniels as well. Okay. Keep it in Tennessee. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I really like everything I've ever had from them, um, from Tennessee and, I've really liked the Texas whiskeys that I've had, to be honest. Ooh, we love Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Texas is on the on the list of places to get to, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah. Well, we're gonna be playing in Texas in uh in February and in May. So nice. Nice. Yeah, people need to check out our schedule. They yeah. need to come and see us. Yeah. So tell tell everybody how to how to get in contact with you, how to follow you, how to how to do all that. Our website is goldpinemusic.com. Goldpinemusic.com. And uh, all social media, including YouTube, is all the handle is at goldpinemusic. Awesome. So go check it out. Come see us. Go get our album. All the things. That's awesome. Well, thanks, guys, so much. Um, everybody go check out all their stuff. You won't be disappointed like at all. Trust me. Um, and hopefully we'll, we'll be able to talk soon and we'll see you hopefully when you come up here, um, sooner rather than later. Yeah. That'd be great. Thank you. If we're in the area, you better be there. Yeah. Hell yeah. We'll, um, we'll, we'll get in touch and figure it out and, and, and do it all up. We'll, we'll make it a, we'll make it a thing. Okay. Thanks for having us. Oh, thank you for, for being on. I greatly appreciate it. I'll talk to you guys super soon and, you know, feel free to, to stay in touch. Okay. Thank you. All right, See guys. Ya. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Well, there you have it. Our conversation with gold pineapple. You know, what did he, what did you think? I mean, I thought it was a great conversation, especially there in the last, you know, 20 minutes or so. It just took it, took the whole conversation to a different level. Um, Again, one of the best conversations we've ever had on this show, and not just recently, I think, honestly, all time. 
Um, this conversation was absolutely fantastic. A big thank you to the Wilsons for being on the show and telling their story because I think it's an important one to have. And, you know, I appreciate them allowing me to have the therapy session we did um, because I, I feel, I guess I needed it. Um, as always, they are more than welcome to come back anytime they want. Um, and I wish them nothing but the best of luck. Um, so thank you for being here. Thank you for all the new listeners from Gold Pine. Um, follow us on Facebook, social media, um, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. You know, we're everywhere. Just find Boots and Whiskey Podcast and we're there. Um, so again, thank you so much for everybody for joining in today. I hope you're enjoying your 2023 so far. Um, next week, we are going to be joined by, who are we going to be? Kate Watson. Yeah, Kate Watson's next week. Another great conversation and a great person. So stay tuned for that. And until next time, guys, keep the boots on the grass. Again, I did it again this week again. Keep the boots on the ground and the whiskey in the glass. Maybe we should change our maybe we should change our tagline. Keep the boots on the grass. No. No. Keep the boots on the ground, guys. Keep the whiskey in the glass. Until next time, y'all. Cheers.